to worship you, Lord God. We bless your name. Thank you for this day. Thank you that we can come before you and worship you.
like, it's like a drop that drops and falls on water and, oh, Father, it just spreads and echoes and multiplies and expands. Father God, I just pray that everyone right now senses your love in us right now. Hey. When night has fallen, when fear is calming, still you're calling me. When faith is lost and my hope exhausted, you will be my strength. When my mind says I'm not good enough,
Oh, Father God, we pray right now that the presence of your Holy Spirit would be felt throughout all your church, Lord, Father God. Those in this room and those watching, Father God, that we would be made more aware of your presence in us, Father God. That as we walk in your light, Father God, in your truth, trusting in you, Lord, Father God, that we would be awakened, Lord, that the power of you is in us now, Father God. We thank you so much for your love that was greater than our sin, Father. That you are with us every moment. We praise you, God. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living home. Your presence. tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence Lord. Holy Spirit you
Father God, that your love was greater than our sin, God, that you made a way, Lord God, for us to be reconciled to you through Jesus. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that comforts us as we journey, Lord God, in this place. Thank you that you strengthen us, Father God, and that gives you pleasure, God. We praise you, Lord God. Let us become more aware, God. For you alone, Father God, are worthy. You are worthy of it all, God. You are worthy of all praise and honor. We worship you. Father God, before your throne, we sing you are worthy. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord God. We praise you.
God, thank you for who you are. And we can come before you, Lord God. The saints and the angels and, and the elders, Lord God, and we can come before you. And we can worship you. And you hear us, Lord. We need you, God. Strengthen your church now, please, Father God. Let us sing every day stronger and stronger that you are worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. For from you are all things and to of the glory. Sing that one last time. Raise your hands. You are worthy of it You may be seated. Good morning, Alamo City Streaming family. I greet you this morning in the name that is above every other name, the love, the name we love to say week after week, the name Jesus. Jesus. Would you just speak that name out loud wherever you are, wherever you're sitting, whatever's going on in your life, whatever you need from the Lord, just speak the name of Jesus with me, Jesus. His name means rescuer. His name means Savior. His name means Deliverer. His name means the one who can pick us out of the messes that we've gotten ourselves into and set our feet upon solid ground and change our hearts and give us a sense to want to start again and keep going with Him holding our hands. It, it is Jesus. It is Jesus. I'm coming to you this morning from a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful spot in central Texas in the, what we call the hill country. Um, it's a lot like what the area around uh, Jerusalem looks like. If you, those of you who have been to Israel and, you've, and you may live in Texas most of your life, but you've been over there and you've seen it, it's incredible how familiar, how similar um, the, the limestone rocks and the, and the oak trees and, and um, just, just the way things seem to be uh, appearing in that part of the world. It's, it's an amazing thing. This is a beautiful spot. You see these, these massive cypress trees behind me. Um, and, and the reason we're standing on this spot, on this, this beautiful private ranch, um, is because there's water. You see, you see the water right there, and the water is what's supplying the moisture that these massive cypress trees survive from. But that, that water is coming from a spring, and that spring is just coming out of what we might, might call just solid rock but it comes and it keeps coming and it keeps coming and it nourishes everything that it touches. There is a place in the Bible, there is a spot in the life of King David that I want you to look at with me this morning. At this time in the life of our nation, at this time in maybe your own personal life, where well, there, there is the sense 
that we need a breakthrough. We, we need for God to do something that we can't do for ourselves, that's beyond uh, people's ability to effect change. Lord, we need, we need you to bring a breakthrough. Did you know that that is one of the names of the Lord? Jehovah Perazim is the way it's put together in a hyphenated form coming out of the old Hebrew. It means the master of breakthroughs, the Lord of breakthroughs. This is 1 Chronicles 14, verse 8. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, all the Philistines went up in search of David, and David heard of it and went out against them. Now the Philistines had come and made a raid in the city of Rephaim, and David inquired of God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? I'll tell you what, there's, there's some incredible encouragement in here for folks who, who just need to know that, that the Lord is where you are in business. The Lord is where you are in the secular realm, which is where most folks live most of the time. Most folks don't live in a church house. Most folks, it's not Sunday every day of the week. For most folks, it's a, it's a real world, and it, and it has its own battles, and it has its own conflicts. David was called a man after God own heart, God's own heart, but the thing about David was he wasn't, he, he wasn't a priest in a sense. He wasn't dressed in a long robe and sitting under a tree somewhere writing on a tablet. He, he was a military commander. He, he was a leader of men. He, he had to be a negotiator. He had to be an administrator. He had to be a financial planner. He had to build cities and figure architecturally what needed to be done in various settings. He, he, and, and he was a man after God's own heart. Wherever David was, the Lord was. And here's what he what he had come to be convinced of. That in the, in the routine of his life, when he needed help, he could ask the Lord for help right where he was. He didn't have need to run off and go back to the tabernacle and find his way into the Holy of Holies some way, even though he wouldn't be allowed there. Only the high priest would be allowed in what was called the Holy of Holies. So how would he find God? He, just, he had been informed. He had been instructed that, that in, in such a way from earlier in his life, and he was able to say, I was always sensing the Lord. I was always beholding the Lord in my presence. And because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Sir, ma'am, living your life out away from the church building most of the days of your week, we need to know that that's possible for us too. That the Lord wants us to know of His presence. He wants us to sense the nearness of His presence. Even though, in this case, there was war going on around David. It was fighting and, 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 and killing going on. But he asked the Lord in that place, Shall I go up against the Philistines, and will you give them into my hand? Do I risk my men's lives? Is this the time to attack? And the Lord said to him, Go up, for I will give them into your hand. Some way or another, David heard the Lord speak in a way that he could understand. Whether it was audible or not, we don't know. But some way or another, he knew in his knower that God said, strike now. Verse 11, so they came up to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there. And David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand, like the breakthrough of waters. Therefore, they named that place Baal Perazim, master 
the master, the master of breakthroughs. The name of God, one that you and I need to cling to, hold on to, know is, know is our available source of help, is this God, the one who is the master of breakthroughs. He says, like the breakthrough of waters. He, like he's, he's the, he has broken through like the breakthrough of waters. Because we live in such civilization in our lifetime, for most of us, we don't really have a, an understanding of the power of water, moving water, unless we happen to be caught in a very unfortunate setting where, where maybe a vehicle that we are in or, or maybe as we're walking across something and the water is moving and the vehicle begins to move. And even in some of those streams up in Montana where we'll try to cross it, you, you've got to be very careful the angle of the river and the angle of the flow that you take and what you're stepping in because that, that water can just take your feet right out from under you. The power of a breakthrough like the breaking through of moving water. That's what David was talking about. In, in this country down here, there'll be some earthen dams located in some of these canyons and, and, and uh, draws and creek beds. And the, the, the frightening thing can be is if, if we get one of, those, one of those strong squall lines that come through in the spring and the water builds up and then the hill country just begins to rush down through here, that if the water gets up to the point where it breaches the dam, the top of an earthen dam, in many cases, the dam is going to be ruined. Maybe not instantaneously, but it's just a matter of time because the water doesn't let up. The water is relentless, and there's force behind it. There's movement behind it, and it'll cut a crease down the middle. It'll cut a, cut a, cut a channel down the side, and eventually that whole earthen dam, as the water keeps coming, can just be completely taken away. And God forbid that there'd be somebody down below that or cattle or horses or sheep down below that that could be swept away as well. But I can't help but believe that David had seen something like that. David had seen the power of moving water, and, and he was impressed with it. And he said, through my hands, Lord, it looks as if you have, you have moved through my hands and my men's lives and their battle uh, employment and so forth. You've moved through us like the breakthrough of waters. I want you to hold on to that image of God being likened unto the Lord, your Savior, your King, your God, your Father, being likened unto the power of moving water. There's another place that image is picked up. You leave, we'll leave First Corinthians, First Chronicles 14 and, and move over to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 2 and verse 13. Jeremiah is speaking for the Lord when he says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, now listen to this, they have forsaken me the fountain of living waters to hew for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Israel at that time in the life of the nation had turned deeply. The soul of the nation had turned away from God. They had forgotten that, that they had been brought into the land by the, by the miraculous provision, protection, enablement of the Lord God. 
as time had gone on, they began to just get very loose in their, their pursuit of the Lord. And in fact, some were just totally turning away and worshiping other gods, other false gods. And, and here, here's what, through the prophet Jeremiah, the Lord's saying back to his people, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? You have forsaken me, and I am a fountain of living water, moving water, force, freshness, enablement. You've turned away from me, the one who can give you those things and be those things in your life, and you started digging holes, digging cisterns, packing them with stones, realizing that they, they won't hold any water. And all I've ever wanted to do for you is to provide for you and allow you to be nourished, allow you to be encouraged, allow you to be refreshed by my presence, but you've turned away. The image again is the living water, the moving water, the breakthrough that flowing water can bring into a situation and even into a life. That, that's where we go next. Find with me, if you will, go, go to the book of John. John chapter 7, Jesus is speaking. God is now on the earth. God in the person of Jesus is now walking this earth. He's speaking with words that people can understand. He's got, he's got a voice. He's got hands that can touch. Look at what he, what, what he says and what is described that he does in John chapter 7, verse 37. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. From his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Here is the instruction given to us straight from the writings of the New Testament that the Spirit of Jesus filling the Christian is to be like rivers of living water that would refresh you, that would renew you from the inside out. It is the exact opposite of external religion that is all, all about form and, and, and what you don't do and what you better do and, and here's the way that you, you can prove that, 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 that you are worthy of God's patience or his, or his love or his affection. Jesus is saying it isn't about you performing anything. It isn't about you having to do anything. It is about you coming to me thirsty, needy, broken, a sinner, full of yourself, but you're thirsty and you come to me, and here's what will happen. I will cause you to have on the inside of you rivers of living water. The, the flow of my presence, the flow of my spirit rising up within you and out of you so that the places where you've been thirsty can be satisfied. <laughs> That's one of the ways Jesus saves us from our junk 
is that He satisfies us with other things. So we don't have to have the junk. We don't have to keep going back to the same places because it doesn't have a taste. It doesn't have a, a smell that attracts us. There has been something fresh and different and new. The living water, the living water, the life of His presence, the life of, the life of His Spirit. The master of the breakthrough, that's Jesus. That's the power of the living Christ. He is the master of a breakthrough. And, and he does it internally within us by giving to us the flow of the life of his spirit. And as a result of that, these things that have held us captive, these things that have shut us down, these things that have caused us to live in a way that we're ashamed of ourselves, those things can be broken not by you trying harder, not by me turning over another leaf and, and, and working on it more, but by means of the power of His Spirit, the flow of His living water flowing through us and making the change. The Lord of the breakthrough. David said, it's like through my hands. This water has flowed, this, this breakthrough of waters that you have provided and you've, you've turned back my enemies, you've protected my men, you've shown me your power. Folks, I'm telling you, that wasn't just for David to get a taste of. That's for you and for me to live with. If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Thirsty because there are places in my life that I, I can't change. There are places in my life that on my own I, I, can't, I can't deal with. But Lord, I'm coming to you with that thirst and, I, and I'm asking you for the, whatever this living water business is, I need it because I need these things to be broken out of my life, taken out of my life so that I can be the person that I really want to be and that you would want me to be. All right, now you've got to leave in that, but, but I want you to go to, to the book of Acts. And, and this is a case in point. This, this, is, this is an example of what we're talking about. Remember Simon Peter. Remember Simon Peter. Lead disciple. Entered the room mouth first. You know, everybody else may leave you, Jesus, but I'm not going anywhere. I'll go even to death with you. To which Jesus turned and looked him in the eye and said, the rooster will crow three times. The rooster will crow, and you will have denied me three times. Peter thinking that somehow this bravado, somehow this, this self-determination, somehow this, this, this resolve that, that he thought he had would be enough for him to stay strong. But we know how that turned out. He did. It happened exactly the way the Lord said it would be. He denied the Lord three times broken by that, humiliated by that. But Jesus went on to be buried or crucified and then buried and then raised again on the third day. And the scripture says in the book of Acts that for 40 days he appeared to his disciples, the, those that were closest to him, more than just the 12. Others were involved. Others were in the teaching. And he taught them. You can read this in the early verses of Acts chapter 1. He taught them of the things concerning the kingdom of God. For 40 days, for 40 days, for 40 days, he stood there. They saw him crucified. They knew where he was buried. Now they were listening to him teach. He certainly had to have instructed them that he had come as the lamb, the lamb of God, the, the, fulfilling the prophecy 
of, of the, all of the lambs that were slain in the Old Testament order of the Jewish system of having sins forgiven, that there would ultimately come the Lamb of God. And that's who John the Baptist said that Jesus was. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away, takes away the sins of the world. Now stay with me on this. I feel like this is a, this is a pivotal point. These were people who was, they were listening to Jesus. They knew that he had died on the cross for their sins. They understood that. They knew that he had been buried. And because he's standing there and they could see him, they could touch him, and he was speaking to them, they knew he had been raised from the dead. Cross-reference quickly to 1 Corinthians 15. Paul will say, here is the gospel in which we stand. Here is the gospel whereby we are saved. Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. He was buried and He was raised again on the third day. But I want to show you something and please, please, can we open our hearts up to this very real possibility. Jesus was speaking to folks who if they had died right then would have gone to heaven to be with Him. Their, their faith was in Him that he died for their sins, he was buried, and they knew he was raised again. But here's the thing that we can miss so often. Here's what he says in verse 4, Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised. Some folks will say, well, the Father had promised Calvary. The, promise, the Father had promised the shed blood of Jesus. But that's in the past. That, that what the Father had promised, Jesus is saying, hadn't happened yet. That, that the, the, the promise of the Father was something more than Jesus dying on the cross. Otherwise, Jesus would have put it in a different way. But he says, look, you who believe that I died on the cross for your sins, you who know where I was buried, and you believe that I died, and you know now that I am, I am, I am alive and raised from the dead, I'm saying to you, I'm saying to you, do not leave Jerusalem but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said you heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He says in verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in both, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. The amazing thing here, folks, is it's still the theme of the God, of the master of the breakthrough. Jesus knew that it was going to be necessary for there to be the breaking through of the fear that was paralyzing Peter and the rest of them. That, that was, that was the, the, the defensive uh, bulwark that the enemy had, had set up to, to keep the, the followers of Jesus from, from really identifying themselves with him and, and going on to, to, to be a public witness. He, he knew how to use fear. Satan knew how to use fear. So he had all of these these, these powerful voices and, and, and figures around religious, politically, militarily, threatening them what, what and then the con thing, concern could be, what they had done to Jesus, they'll, they'll do to us. It had shut them down. There needed to be a breakthrough, just like there can need to be a breakthrough in your life. 
you know Jesus, you know, believe that he died on the cross for you, that he was buried, that he was raised again, but there can still be some things that shut you down, that keep you from moving on. Here is the hope. Here is the hope. We, we, we get the first part of the gospel, and it's a wonderful, glorious, amazing treasure of the gospel that he died on the cross for our sins. I know I am forgiven. I know that on the basis of what Jesus did for me, there's a place for me in the Father's house. Heaven is my home. But here is the part that we miss. We miss the part that Jesus also wants you to know the power of breakthroughs in your life by the power of His Spirit flowing in you and out through you. To break the power of fear. Look at what happened to Simon Peter. And this is, this is you read over into Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had come, they're all gathered in one place. Suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. Then it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they went out and began to speak with other tongues, other languages that they'd never spoken before as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Verse 14, then Peter, but Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, that gave, gave the background of what, who Jesus was and, and what he had done. But instead of being a coward, instead of fear owning him, he was owning fear. He was stepping on fear and using it as a step stone, a stepping stone to speak what the Lord would put in his heart. Look, look down at Acts chapter 2, verse 32. Peter continues, This Jesus God raised up again, to which we are all witnesses, Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He has poured forth this which you both see and hear. Verse 38, Peter said to them, Repent, and let you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is for you and your children. Folks, folks, the promise is not the cross. The promise is not the blood of Jesus. That has already happened. Jesus has already fulfilled his mission. The promise of the Father is that he will dispense into you by the power of his Spirit the ability for breakthroughs to be accomplished in your life. So that just like Peter and the rest of the ones who were paralyzed in fear, they were huddled in their houses, they had their, had their windows shuttered, and they had their doors bolted shut for fear of the Jews. Instead of that, now drenched in the power of the living water, the life of Jesus Christ by His Spirit, they had lost their fear. They were no longer immobile. They were mobilized, not from an ought to, but because of a want to, a want to, a want to, a want to from the inside. David said, you have been to me and through me like the breakthrough of waters. I want to just encourage you. Jesus would say in Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who are asking Him? I'm just, I'm just telling you. The problem with the church in America is not that we don't have enough information. The problem is no power. Husbands still cheating on wives, 
on and on and on, and we could go, English your own poison. It's because there's no power. We may, we may know where forgiveness is, is and, and we find that in Jesus, so we keep going, having to go back for more forgiveness, more forgiveness, because sin keeps ruling in our lives. When the change comes, the power of sin is broken when the breakthrough by the flowing of the life of the Spirit of Jesus into and through us makes all the difference. I, I say it to our folks so often. Have you been praying? Have you been asking the Lord to fill you with His Spirit? At work, in, in the home, in the places where, where there is opposition and there is difficulty, instead of just trying to, oh, what does the verse say? What's the verse on hope? instead of trying to generate hope, now may the God of hope fill you up with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the flow of the life of the living waters flowing through us. He desires for you and me to know His forgiveness, to know the mercy that is in Jesus. But the Lord wants you to know even better than David knew in those days, in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant. He wants us to know what it is to just with our hands lifted up and our, our eyes rolled back in our heads, Lord, that is what happened today. What you did through me, what you did for me was like the breakthrough of waters. It was like the dam couldn't stop you. It was like the opposition that the enemy was raising up was no match for you because you kept coming and you kept coming and you kept coming until the opposition was obliterated and freedom had come. The Lord is the Spirit, Paul says. The Lord Jesus is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. Paul helped us understand. So who is the Holy Spirit? Who, who, how do we relate to that? Jesus to Paul, the invisible presence of Jesus was the Spirit. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where, where, the, where, where the understanding of where forgiveness comes from, that's the blood of Jesus. That's His death on the cross. But where the freedom where the freedom, where the ability to be set free comes from, that comes from the Spirit. So, Lord, fill me with your Spirit, like you did Peter. I don't want to just read about Peter. I want to experience what Peter himself walked in, the, the coward, afraid, those days of shame. But then on the, at the moment and during the time when you, when you filled him with your Spirit, he was restored. And there was life in him. There was joy in him. I just, folks, that, that's, that's pivotal for, for us as individuals. But I want to encourage us at this point, too, in the life of our nation and where, and where we are, that the Lord will bring a breakthrough in you so that he can bring a breakthrough through you. Let me say that again. The Lord will bring a breakthrough in you so that he can bring a breakthrough through you. David said, through my hands, through my hands, it is as if you have been the breakthrough, like the breakthrough of waters. 
so, so much, so much surrounds us today as Americans. So, so much as, we, as we're just days away from the November election. So what are we to do? So what are we to do? What is the church to do? Not, not, just, not just church in terms of name, but church in terms of the, of the bride of Christ, ones who have received Jesus as Savior and Lord, ones who, have, who, who know His forgiveness and, and we trust are gaining and further understanding of what it is to be filled with His Spirit and the flow of His life into us. What are we to do? I'm going to say one thing, one or two things. The first one is this. Don't you ever forget. Don't ever move away from the reality that our God is the God of the breakthrough. Where our nation needs a breakthrough, our God is able to bring it. Here's the second thing that I would say to you. We've got to understand where the problem is, where the real issue, where the real battle is. Paul will say in Ephesians 6, you stand firm, having done everything, you stand firm. Stand firm in agreement with what the Lord has spoken to you and dealt with you is His truth, is His heart. Because then He says, but we don't, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and forces of darkness. Folks, here's, here's an important thing. Jesus would go on and say, you, you forgive as you would have the Father to forgive you. And he's taught us to pray. Forgive us, as, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who, who sin against us, in effect. That if we are so mad, if we are so angry, if we are so disgusted with humans, that it has caused us to feel like we are justified in holding that anger and resentment and even the desire for revenge what happens is heaven, heaven can be in a practical sense shut to us. David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Jesus will say, if you want to be forgiven, you forgive. Back to the, the, the reason for that. Here's the, the, the source is not people. The source is the principalities and powers of darkness in this world. That, that instead of just being so absolutely disgusted and angry at political figures or others that, that we would disagree with, and we, we f spend so much time just being on that, and, and our hearts are so turned in that direction, it can forfeit, it can forfeit most anything else that we would try to do to try to help the situation because we're, we're, we're living in unforgiveness. If we forgive as He has forgiven us and we pray for the mercy of the Lord to be at work in their lives and we pray aggressively, Lord, in the name of Jesus, bind the forces of darkness, the ones that are driving the ones to do the things that they're doing and say the things that they're doing and take the stands that they're taking that are contrary to you. If, 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 we, if we realize the source is not people, the source is the darkness that is driving the people then we can be effective in the fight. But if all we're doing is just concentrating on a lateral level and spending all our time dealing with things on a natural level instead of realizing as a child of God, you have heaven's ear. In the name of Jesus, you have access to the throne and you're able to appeal to the weapons of your warfare. 
The name of Jesus. There's no other name like that name given among men whereby we must be saved. He humbled himself and he was highly exalted to the right hand of the Father. It's the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I cry out to you to stop the onslaught of Satan against our nation. In the name of Jesus, I'm asking you to thwart the attacks of Satan against innocence and lawfulness and what you have in mind for this nation to be. Offer one other thing. They overcame him, Revelation 12, 11. They overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved their lives, not even unto death. I want to say to you that there is no other nation other than perhaps Israel itself, biblical Israel, that has more of a testimony of the grace of God and the power of God to intervene than does the United States of America. We are today the product, the result of God intervening. Has the human race ever been perfect? Absolutely not. Have there always been things that needed to be corrected? Absolutely. Have there been people and individuals and systems that have been off track that needed to be corrected? Yes. But again and again and again and again and again, this word has been true for us. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. As we finish this up, can, can I just say and, and encourage you that, that there, there is hope because the God of breakthroughs knows your name. The God of breakthroughs knows this country. The God of breakthroughs is able to do what he did in David's day and do it again in our day. I would invite you to just begin to pray, Lord, where there is something that needs to be broken, needs to be fixed in your heart. And as a child of God, as a believer in Jesus, you know you're forgiven. But the problem is knowing you're forgiven hadn't been able to stop you from going back to some of the same places that, that you, you, you know have, have been less than who you really want to be, that have been dragging you down and hurting other people through your life. I want to encourage you to just do what Jesus said do. In, 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 in that passage in Luke eleven thirteen. 13, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who are asking Him? Lord, I need a breakthrough. I need the power of your spirit to make the change in me because I can't make the change. And if I do for a minute, I can't keep it changed forever. I'm asking you to fill me. I'm asking you to flow through me. I'm asking you to do that work of the breakthrough, the breakthrough in my life. And as, as that happens in you, like it was with Peter and all those others, that, that flow of the Spirit through you will be an encouragement to others. That if, 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 if that one can be changed, if that one can be affected, then so can I be affected. There's hope for me. There's hope for me. God bless you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I speak His blessing upon you, His encouragement upon you. Amen. God bless you. Good morning, Alamo City Streaming family. Amen. Let's stand and worship together.
destined to die Pouring out for Rome and I God's only son Perfect and spotless one He never sinned But suffered as if he
love us, Father God. The word says, you, Lord, are the Spirit. And as Pastor Walker reminded us, where the Spirit is, there is freedom. Oh, Father God, we are praying, Lord God, that everywhere in this place and out there, that there are breakthroughs happening. Thank you for the love that we have. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for filling us with your power through your spirit. He is jealous for me. He loves like a hurricane. I am a tree. Hi. 
thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for Pastor Walker. That brings your word with such clarity, Father God, and such power, Lord God. Thank you for reminding us, Lord, as I watched that background, Lord, Father God, I was reminded that when we take pleasure in being obedient to you, Father God, and meditate on you and your word, Father God, day and night, we are like trees planted alongside a river bend, God. We bear fruit in every season. Our leaves never wither. And because of you, and you through us, Father God, everything that we touch, Father God, prospers. Because what I touch, Lord, Father God, does not prosper, does not last. It is not eternal. But you, through the Holy Spirit, Father God, everything is eternal. Everything is good. Father God, we pray for those breakthroughs right now. We pray for those breakthroughs in this place right now, Lord, Father God. Strengthen us, Father God. We know that it pleases you, Lord God. Strengthen us with your power, the power of the Holy Spirit, God. Let your people everywhere awaken and walk in that power of your Holy Spirit today and forward, Lord God. Let us know that we have been made whole in you now.